KCSB FM Santa Barbara 91.9. KCSB News presents Inside Isla Vista, a weekly show covering an array of issues important to the Isla Vista community. The mission of the show is to educate, inform, and raise awareness about what's happening in Isla Vista. It does not endorse any political candidates or ballot initiatives. There's a different host each week. Let's meet tonight's host on Inside Isla Vista. Hi, I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. Before we get into our show tonight, which features a safety update about the dangers of falling from bluff and cliff erosion in Isla Vista, we want to remind you that it's Fun Drive at KCSB. Our once-a-year fundraising event kicked off today, so here's an early opportunity for you to pledge your support on this one-of-a-kind student-led college and community radio station. We're celebrating our 60th anniversary this year. Tonight, we're speaking about a serious safety issue in Isla Vista that's taken the lives of multiple students over the years and posed a dangerous problem to the community, cliff fall dangers. In January, Santa Barbara experienced heavy rainfall that raised concerns about cliff erosion along our coastlines. After a storm and year-round, it can be dangerous to stand too close to the edge of a bluff. There are also added dangers specific to Isla Vista, like the risk of falling from a deck or balcony along Del Playa's bluffs. Later in the show, you'll hear from the mother of a UC Santa Barbara student who died after falling from a bluff in Isla Vista. She shares her concerns that not enough has been done to prevent more students from dying. In the years since her son Noah became a victim... To start us off, Isla Vista's local government, in partnership with Associated Students and UC Santa Barbara's Housing Department, have partnered on a new bluff and cliff erosion safety campaign. Messages to educate the community about the dangers of being near Isla Vista's bluffs are being shared on social media and other platforms. I spoke with Lily McMillan, Sydney Castaneda, Jonathan Abood, and Sarah Rubin to learn more about how the Isla Vista community can work to stay safe around the cliffs. Here's my conversation with them. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Could you please introduce yourselves? Yes, my name is Lily McMillan, and I am the community liaison for the UCSB office of the EVPLA. Hi, everyone. My name is Sydney Castaneda, and I am the community engagement director with Isla Vista Community Services District. Hi, I'm uh, Jonathan. I'm the general manager for IVCSD. And my name is Sarah Rubin. I am the Community Engagement Intern with IBCSD. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, I want to talk today specifically about cliff safety in relation to the storm. But as we know, the storm was an exception and the erosion and the dangers of Isla Vista's coastlines are not new. Can you give us some perspective on how much Isla Vista's coastline has changed over the past few decades? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't think we have the exact numbers on hand if anybody else does, but the bluffs erode at you know, multiple feet per year, potentially. Many decades ago, you could even walk on the other side of all the houses on Del Playa, so it's, it's eroded that much. There, there used to be essentially another walking path on the other side where you, you, would walk, you would see into the patios, and that was in the 80s. What do you guys think people living in Isla Vista 
should know about staying safe on or below the bluffs? I'll just um, chime in with some habits, um, primarily for beachgoers uh, that can Im- they can implement after um, a storm. But essentially, cliff erosion can really happen at any moment in any area. So it's just important for anyone going to the beach to be aware of their surroundings and practice extreme caution when around the ivy cliffs and beaches. Um, It's best practice to be a distance of one and a half times the height um, of that cliff away. Um, So definitely not to sunbathe or hang out under the base of the cliffs because we've seen tons of pictures of rock falling down and debris. So it's always good to check the tide so you don't get pushed up under the cliffs. And I think this one goes without saying, but don't climb over the fences along the bluffs. They're definitely there for a reason. And just be mindful that everything is more uneasy and saturated following a rain event. So to be aware of um, that things can really fall at any moment. Um, And lastly, I'll just touch on water safety. So as far as that goes, the rule of thumb is to not get in the ocean for 72 hours following a storm, which is really just because the water is full of bacteria and it's unsafe to swim or to surf in. Um, the Ivy Surfrider Foundation does an awesome job testing the water quality, and their website always has up-to-date info on bacteria levels um, for the beaches in IV. There's always going to be a balancing act between preserving people's safety and preserving the environment. With cliff erosion, for example, there's always issues about fence heights, seawalls, that kind of thing. What solutions do you guys think uh, strike the right balance in terms of keeping people safe? Uh, I could chime in here. Um, As a representative of AS, um, one thing that I think has been especially important and considered within AS, as well as um, community entities that work directly with the community, is taking a realistic approach to what student life is like within the community. I mean, all of us here, I'm sure, knows that there's a pretty strong party culture within Uh, the community. And the best thing that we can do, I think, is as both AS and like landlords and people involved in the community is to continue to educate the community on what is the best way to keep people safe and what is the what the environment is that they are living in. And while being realistic about what the lives of students are like, taking the initiative of like, you know, the police often encourage people to register events for with the police so they can, you know, keep numbers appropriate and safe. And I think that that same doctrine can be applied in regard to cliff safety, um, both, you know, student orgs, campus orgs um, and community orgs can put out realistic numbers of like what the balconies, what the cliffs can handle and in order to keep people safe and maintain like their ability to have fun and engage in the social environment that's here, I think is like the most important approach. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I, one thing I would add for the IVCSD perspective is at the January 10th uh, board of directors meeting, we approved a letter of support for the County of Santa Barbara to change its ordinance uh, around the coastal zone and coastal bluffs to allow for higher fencing. Um, that's That would be a really a multi-year process that involves the California Coastal Commission, which as far as we know has historically, which ha- you know, has the oversight of this area and historically has been against higher fencing. 
for aesthetic purposes. Uh, but our board and IVCSD now um, is on record saying that you know safety is more important and there are ways to do it in an aesthetic way to have a higher fence, but that we need to make it so that uh, it's easier to put in a higher fence. Right now, the permitting and approval process for a fence for a fence that you know that let's say eight feet high that would do a good job at keeping people on the side of the you know, other side of the patio that is um it would be very arduous to put in place and so we're saying that we should change the type of permit to be a simple one that is easy to do and then any property owner private property owner can uh, put in place fencing um, it wouldn't be a requirement, but it would make it much easier to do, uh, much more possible to to do on a mass scale. So that's something IVCSD and our county supervisor Laura Caps requested uh, this from us, and she is, you know, in a public meeting said that she was in full support of this. This goes out to everyone. Is there anything else that you guys would like to see from the county that you think that they could do to improve safety, or even that the university could do to improve safety? One thing that was discussed in regard to the safety campaign by the EVPLA office was um, consulting with the university to provide a informational segment during um, freshman and transfer uh, orientations that provide a more comprehensive like safety guide on the cliffs because that has been something that um, both myself and Sydney and Jonathan have discussed and that the knowledge of how to stay safe on the cliffs has definitely been kind of like verbally passed down from students to students. And I think that if the university took a more formal approach, similar to what IVCSD has done through their informational campaign and implemented a similar um, structure of campaign in the orientations for newly arriving students, I think that that could be very beneficial for the university and for the community. Yeah, I completely agree to add on. I think it's really difficult for students to retain a lot of the information about these past events. Having a more formal way for the university to spread the messages and what we're spreading in the community will help initiate that change and kind of change the culture where everyone is aware of this issue and the dangers and how to approach it in a safer way. And I'll just echo that. Um, I think corrosion, which I think the average individual doesn't know. I didn't know that things such as water runoff coming out of the cliffs is a sign that the rock could end up being unstable and it's the runoff that's eroding it, as well as different crack patterns can also like show us what's safe and kind of what we can report ahead of time. So I think just sharing, it goes back to all educational campaign, but sharing that information, we're going to be putting up about balcony and roof safety preventative measures you could take and what signs show that those are kind of eroding or unstable so students know to report these to the right sources and I think that's a huge preventative thing just reporting these issues so before any safety risk can arise we can stop it from happening. We're talking about bluff and cliff safety on Inside Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom, and you'll hear more of my conversation with Associated Students and CSD later in the show. In a minute, you'll hear from a mother who lost her son to a cliff fall. To remind you, we're live tonight for KCSB's Fun Drive. We only do this once a year for 10 days. It's your opportunity to show your support for this show, Inside Isla Vista. 
with KCSB News and your other favorite KCSB programmers and programs. Call 805-893-2424. Your suggested donation of $50 or more, or $25 for students, will qualify you to pick up a nice thank you gift, from concert tickets to KCSB branded caps, hoodies, and t-shirts. Call in now to 805-893-2424 and you'll reach Shreya. You can pledge your support or go online to kcsb.org slash donate. Thank you. You'll hear more of my conversation with the Cliff Erosion Safety Group later in the show. For now, I wanted to take a few minutes to share a story about a student who died from a cliff accident. Beth Crom, mother of Noah Crom, lost her son over 13 years ago when he fell off the Del Playa Cliffs. Ms. Crom spoke with KCSB's reporter Siddharth Chatteraj about the changes she thinks are needed to increase cliff safety in Isla Vista. Could you please tell our viewers about your son Noah? I understand he was a gaucho and a week away from graduating when he died in 2009. Who was he and what were his interests, joys, and passions? Noah was a wonderful son and a great friend. He was a week away from his graduation. He was pursuing a degree in business economics and sports management. And before Noah's death, we had never really thought a great deal about the issue of safety. After his death, You know, as with every family who has lost somebody to the cliffs, it just started a whole process of learning about the conditions in Isla Vista and attempting to get attention paid to how to make the community of Isla Vista safer. In my experience, every time a tragedy occurs, there seems to be a preference to make it about a failing on the part of the individual who has died or been injured, rather than a willingness to seriously explore the conditions that contribute to the death or injury of that person. What do you believe are the underlying causes that lead to such incidents? And in what ways do you believe the cliffs can be made safer? for those inebriated with alcohol or who might want to intentionally harm themselves, for example? I think that all the stakeholders have to be at the table. The county has an obvious role to play. Public safety has an obvious role to play, but so do the university, so do the property owners, um, so do all of the vendors who profit off of the student life that in in and of itself is risky, putting tens of thousands of students in a half square mile at the edge of a cliff that is poorly fenced and where there are gaps in the fencing and where the fencing can easily be climbed. And, you know, some of the things that I heard from students is that kids went to the cliffs to urinate because they had been partying. And there were no restrooms in along the cliffs in the public parks. And I was told we have problems with the homeless population. And I thought, what? Like, 
because you're afraid that homeless people might use the restroom, you won't put restrooms in a place where you know that young people might be inclined to take one step too many at the edge of a cliff and possibly lose their life. Noah died that night because he chose to hop a property fence between two properties where the fence was built beyond the cliff on the other side, where the foliage was allowed to grow beyond the cliff so that it looked like there was something to land on. But, and I'm sure for every one of these young people, there was a miscalculation, a choice they made, and they paid for it with their lives. Everybody, including the students, have to be at the table and have to be respected at the table. And if you can diminish the value of a human life because somebody was drinking in a place where everybody's drinking, then you can make it seem like these deaths are not something anybody really has to worry about. Especially with continuous erosion occurring, what other actions do you want to see be taken to increase safety on the Del Playa cliffs? I would like to see all of the stakeholders come to the table in a meaningful way with a timetable for implementation on a variety of health and safety measures, including better protection of the cliffs, including changing codes and requiring that property owners create safety barriers that are that are more effective. Thank you. And is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners? It's been 13 years since we lost Noah. And the fact that just this year, there have been kids falling from the cliffs, I'm not seeing what I'd like to see, which is statements that suggest that despite extraordinary efforts to ensure that student health and safety is the highest priority, for young people who have come to these institutions to get an education, to participate in campus life, that it's not okay to count on the cyclical nature of college life, to know that within two, three, four years, the memories of these young people will be completely forgotten and we can just pretend that these deaths never happened. It adds additional pain to the families that have lost young people. And I think it guarantees that there will be more deaths and injuries in the future. Thank you so much for agreeing to this interview and I'm sorry for your loss. I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. You heard from Siddharth Chaturaj in conversation with Noah Krom's mother, Beth Krom, who lost her son over 13 years ago. It's true that many students have lost their lives, including three students in the recent years. Um. Okay, got it. Um, to remind you, we're live tonight for KCSB's Fun Drive. We only do this once a year for 10 days. It's your opportunity to show your support for this show inside Isla Vista. KCSB News, and your other favorite KCSB programmers and programs. 
Call 805-893-2424. You'll reach Shreya, and you can pledge your support on the phone or online at kcsb.org forward slash donate. Thank you. Um, sorry. <laughs> You'll hear more from my conversation with Associated Students and IVCSD. And one thing I'll add in terms of preventative uh, measures that is, is something that the County of Santa Barbara does, um, and that would be their planning and development department, is that they have an Isla Vista Bluff policy where it does require regular uh, annual uh, assessments, like a geological study by the property owners of their properties. And uh, based on the distance of the building foundation to the bluff face, they have to take different actions. So between, you know, if it's less than 10 feet, they have to vacate some parts. If it's, you know, 15 to 20 feet, it's, you know, more being watched. So the county does have a bluff policy that they do, that they have been serious about um, implementing. And I've seen the cutbacks personally happen um, when a property has been too too far out. There there have been cutbacks, and that's it, it isn't they, it's a not that new of a policy. It was put in place in two thousand four, but it got a major update in two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty, uh, and became way more robust in uh, you know the regular assessments and geological studies that are required. Yeah, one thing I was wanting to add that um, falls within the same vein of what everybody has been discussing in regard to like additional um, methods and, you know, monitoring the state of the bluffs as well is um, in regard to like the role that landlords play, especially because um, landlords really take a, a strong stance in like providing information, for instance, uh, most directly on like the noise ordinance that's in place in Isla Vista. And I think that if something of similar substance and structure were added to their communication with residents uh, in regard to like limiting the number or like setting a, num uh, a limiting number of how many people can be you know, on certain properties, balconies, roofs, et cetera, could also be uh, a beneficial measure taken because uh, students take seriously the noise ordinance because of the fine that's associated with it. So if, you know, coming up with some sort of way to communicate the importance of, you know, limiting people, the amount of people on that are present on these balconies and cliffs could also have the same effect as well. Is there anything that anyone else has to add about how landlords can can sort of play a part in resident safety? I think constant communication and just checking in with tenants, um, especially following, you know, either a major event, um, whether that be a storm or or anything that's happening in the community. I just think constant communication is, is super essential um, to keep everyone in the loop on um, things like that and just responding promptly. Um, to anyone's calls with a concern that they see on their property, whether it's on the balcony, um, just something that they're worried about. Um, it's just really important to be proactive. Um, and then if for any reason people aren't getting, you know, an immediate response from their landlord, um, they can contact the county's building inspector as well. Um, so that's another resource that's available to them. Awesome. Thank you.
So you guys have already talked a lot about the campaigns that you're working on. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add in terms of what you have in the works um, for keeping people aware and keeping people educated about cliff erosion and safety? And we touched on this, but we're just going to, you know, continue to keep this conversation going. Our um, social media platforms, our Instagram and Facebook and our website are all really great, um, you know, hold a ton of really great resources that are available to community members. And we're constantly available for any questions or concerns. Um, if it doesn't fall within our jurisdiction, then we can happily um, connect anyone to the right resource. Yeah, thank you, Sydney, for sharing where people can look for more information. And of course, all of these campaigns are great resources for residents looking to stay safe. Um, it's really amazing to see the community kind of look out for each other, keep each other safe. Could you guys all share where people can go to find out more information or or look to the campaigns that you guys are putting on? If anyone wants to subscribe to our newsletter, that's um, one avenue that we're pushing out this information. And then it's also available via our Instagram, which is Isla Vista CSD, um, and also on our Facebook. And then our website is um, islavistacsd.ca.gov that has all of these resources as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. We are live tonight for our fun drive. As we heard earlier in our show, the cliffs in Isla Vista pose a constant and sometimes fatal danger. We heard from community organizations on keeping people safe from cliff danger and from a mother who lost her son to the cliffs. Did you know KCSB FM 91.9 is the oldest of all the U University of California radio stations? A gaucho named Bill Harrison started KCSB in a dorm room here at UCSB in 1962. That's 61 years ago. Since then, KCSB has evolved into being among the most active college community hybrid radio stations in the nation, maybe even the world. And you, our listener, are a big part in allowing us to do the things that we do. So for our first Inside Isla Vista of Fun Drive, we're looking to raise $300 from KCSB listeners like you. Would you consider making a suggested donation of $50? You can go online now to donate at kcsb.org slash donate or call 805-893-2424 and you'll be able to speak with Shreya. Thank you for helping us reach our goal of $300 in the next 30 minutes. <clears throat> when you make a minimum suggested donation of $50, you'll have the opportunity to pick up some cool KCSB branded merchandise from ball caps to t-shirts, which you can see when you go to kcsb.org donate. Our challenge to you is to raise $300, and you can help us by donating now. At the end of the show, we'll let you know how we did. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm Clarissa Holm, coming to you live today on the first day of KCSB's annual fund drive. We only do this fund drive once a year. Um, to support our community independent educational radio station. It's here that I got my start in broadcasting. 
It was amazing to be able to start just this fall and come as far as I have in terms of technical things like editing and also a more personal human side, like interviewing people, as you just heard. Um, your donation supports my education and the education of my peers who are amazing, passionate journalists, um, and it's been wonderful to watch them grow as well. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista on a focus of the dangers of Ivy Bluff Falls and erosion. <laughs> See you next time on Inside Isla Vista.